Welcome to episode 176 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian, the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt, the South. May the force be with you. It is Monday night, December 19th, and tonight we're going to review Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, I expect this episode to get a little bit rowdy, a little bit contentious. Yeah! Get your knives out! (laughs) I expect it to have purge rules. Do you you really feel that way? I don't feel that way. I hope so. Yeah? For the sake of entertainment or our friendship? For the sake of my entertainment yeah i don't feel that way i no. feel unbridled gonna... enthusiasm i feel hope i'm excited needless to say if you haven't seen rogue one stop listening right now because we're leaving no stone unturned we're gonna rip through this thing like nobody's business like your mother's panties <laughs> i was gonna get filthy but i thought you know maybe i don't need to get that filthy thanks for picking up the filthy slack. Before we rip into Rogue One's panties, why don't we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley? We'll rip into our own panties at McSauce.com. Just spread them out. Nice for everybody to see. McSauce.com, webcomics, reviews, as well as this wonderful podcast. If you go to Facebook, you can interact with us there pretty easily. Facebook slash McSauce.com. And you can also go to iTunes to hear the podcast and subscribe. You can also you can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio and Podomatic is currently our home for podcasting. Uh, our original episodes, our prequel episodes, if you will, are all hosted on Libsyn. So if you go to mixauspodcast.libsyn.com, eventually that's where everything's going to be. But for right now, that's where the original episodes. And I, I think actually you can find everything on Libsyn, just not the feed that will go to your iTunes account or Stitcher Radio. So uh, the the backlog, the catalog, the archives, um, if you will, you know, if, <coughs> the, the the stardust, if you will, is all located mm. on the the Libsyn site. So that's that's all we have for right now on the plug side of everything. We're gonna we're gonna dig right into this Rogue One thing. So Matt. I, I thought maybe we could recap um, our Toys for Tots extravaganza from last week. We certainly can jump into that, Matt. Um, well, we'll keep it relatively brief because we did uh, record a video of it um, that we have yet to post on our YouTube page, but hopefully by the time you hear this, uh, the video should be up. Um, it was a little choppy, unfortunately. We ran out of some space, so we had some technical issues, so there could be a couple different segmented videos, but... Um, I would say we had our most successful McSauce comic book podcast, Toys for Tots, charity, fundraiser. Ian, how much did we generate? How much money? We ended up raising $850. So thank you, everyone. And and I'll run down after Matt. You're done. I'll run down everybody's name. I think that's amazing. I'm so proud of the fact that we were able to generate that much money and donations and we turned that into um, some pretty awesome gifts that um, that we donated to Toys for Tots, specifically um, superhero and Star Wars related uh, stuffed animals. Oh my God, we had basically two cartfuls 
Um, we cr- we crammed it all into one as we shopped, but when we were done, once we bagged everything, we were in two carts, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was more loot than we had ever ever bought before. Um, I just think it's wonderful. I think we doubled last year pretty much. Um, so, Ian, if you want to go ahead and run down uh, some of the, the donators um, yeah, so abs- we can thank them. Absolutely. Big thanks to everybody that uh, was able to donate this year. I'm going to try to include everybody that I was able to uh, record. And if I miss anybody, uh, sincere apology, but I think that I got everybody. Uh, Greg and Mara, Karen and Paul Yossi, uh, Teresa and Alan and Mia, uh, Amanda, Amy, Rita and Steve, Janet and Bruce, Jeremy, Sue, and Jace uh, from Spitfires Grill that we have a, a pretty good relationship with, uh, Jody Yarden from That Old Comic Smell and Case in Point, Lion RJ, Tom Lynch, Dominic Yossi, Granite Street Press from Paul and Matt, uh, Lauren, Paul, and uh, Justin. And if I missed anybody... Um, I apologize sincerely, but for everybody that did donate that I was able to record, um, thank you so much. The kids really appreciate it, I'm sure, and we really greatly appreciate it. And a big uh, big thanks to uh, uh, Dylan and Darcy, who helped us out with uh, recording. And They're part of the extended McSauce family, so Dylan and Darcy, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you to, to everyone. I, I think that this is... Obviously, this is the the one thing that we do at McSauce that is truly good. Um, <laughs> uh, everything else is not evil, right? Uh, and and I mean, it's almost it's hard to even like think about the fact that there really are kids that might not get a gift on Christmas. You know, they know this is the day when every other kid's getting toys, but they don't. And the fact that we could do something about it, at least for some kids, is pretty awesome. Um, so I, I'm I'm so proud of uh, of us and everyone that that donated. So thank you very sincerely. With that said, Thursday night at ten thirty, we saw Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Leading up to the release, uh, there was some division amongst us here at McSauce about how we felt about this movie, about our excitement, our expectation. I wish we had, I wish we were mindful enough to keep track of what our actual polynomic scores were so that we could go into tonight educated and informed and knowing exactly where we stood with expectation and well, excitement i thought it was gonna sting kind of and you I, guys you guys thought it was gonna be great. i'd like to put hard num- numbers numbers hard i'd numbers. like analytics some and you know like let's let's dig down into the numbers you want to you want to dig into the our, our coursey i want to make sure that whenever somebody says something as bold and insane as <laughs> thor the dark world was a nine that we can record <laughs> when somebody else says something as insane and stupid as that. Well, here's here's the thing about comparing my insanity to Thor the Dark World. My insanity was all 
personal opinion <clears throat> and speculation. So that can't be quantified as this is as dumb as something you actually saw and gave a hard number to after seeing the finished product. If I may, Paul, um, you actually were criticizing specific things that you did see. Uh, for example, the use of bazookas or kung fu mastery, things like that. Those were the things that you were especially apprehensive and critical about. So you're not just saying, well, this is what I think. You were saying, this is what I've seen already and I don't like. Right, just based on trailers. Right, but a still, couple, there's some. Clips from you were reacting to something that you saw. You weren't just like, for example, so far, we've also been pretty critical about the Han Solo movie coming in a in a couple years. Um, now that's just really strictly speculation at this point. So all of our criticisms are truly based on our own thoughts on what that might be. Whereas with Rogue One, you actually were reacting to something tangible. Right. All in speculation of what the final product was going to be. Not Ian saw the final product, Thor The Dark World, and proclaimed it second on the list of greatest all-time movies underneath The Empire Strikes Back. True. In in my solemn defense, it was the first time that we used the polynomics on a finished product. I believe. No, well, those weren't polynomics. Those that oh, was, just was just strictly like a final sauce, score. Uh, final score. Review I think score. It, I want to say it was the first time that we ever put a final score on. I, it. We I think you might be right. Polynomics I, back in the old studio, and we saw Thor: The Dark World when we were here. Um, well, that might be, but um, we gave this a hard number rating, um, which is not the same as polynomics. Similar admittedly, but still not the same thing. Sure. But Paul, you were reacting, while not the final product, you were still reacting to the finality of the fact that it was a bazooka that was being used, or I'm sorry, a rocket launcher to be more specific. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that didn't change from the preview to the movie. It was still a rocket launcher. I don't think you ever expected there to be some kind of, well, in context, it'll be something that actually is, you know, like a, it shoots out lightsabers or something. No, you knew it was going to be... That would have been awesome. All right. That's correct. The, the rocket launcher slash bazooka didn't change. Same thing the entire time. But my Stormtrooper costume argument did come with the disclaimer of, in the context of the movie... I may feel differently about this. Oh. Perhaps. So let's let's no perhaps let's, it's on record. <laughs> so let's jump in. Let's jump into the our full review of the film. Then why don't we, Matt? Why don't you kick us off? Well, <clears throat> our our resident Star Wars specialist, our most fervent and ardent supporter of all things Star Wars, even the bad stuff. What did you think of? Wait. Rogue? Uh, Fer what what are the words? Fervent. Fervent and, Fer ardent. Fer 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 and ardent? Yes. What do either of those words mean? Fervent means like uh feverishly Okay, with um, fervor. Uh, okay. Yeah, and ardent, ardent is um that's a you good stand one. Stand strongly by it. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of similar almost, interchangeable really, but oh, sounds let's, good. Let's not do the grammar podcast. Just get into the fucking Star Wars. So <clears throat> Leading into this movie, I was probably more um, hardened. 
I was meaning your boner thickened. I was engorged. I was edging more nervous for this movie than The Force Awakens. Um, and part of the reason was because A, it was a spinoff, B, it had all characters that essentially were brand new. And I was worried that, you know, they might not, um, they might not translate to the screen like some of the classic characters. Um, you know, it, it had a new composer doing the music. Uh, you had heard things like, this is the movie that is going to deviate a little bit from the traditional Star Wars formula. It's going to be more of a war film. It's going to be, the word that I heard a lot was grittier. And it was going to be... <clears throat> um, a little bit more serious than maybe some of the, the classic movies that from the episodic movies. So with all those things to consider going in it, there was a chance that, you know, this would feel a lot different, which, you know, might not be a good thing. Cause I like the way a star Wars movie feels. So sometimes I don't really want you to screw with the, the formula. Um, and I think what we got was a little bit of a mixed bag. It felt very familiar and different at the same time. I think that the movie, <clears throat> while it takes place right before the episodes of the original Star Wars movie, feels like it could. Um, <clears throat> Tonality-wise, like it still feels significantly different. And I guess that's okay. Um <clears throat> I think I kind of expected it to, um, but actually experiencing it, I'm not sure how much I like that versus what I've come to know as being a real Star Wars movie. Um, but basically, after I saw the movie, I feel like I can make a huge list, uh, two huge lists of all the things that I liked and all the things that I had problems with. And um, that left me feeling like a lot of mixed emotions. Like, I don't want to say it left me feeling kind of lukewarm on it because I wasn't, because there were things that I liked so much that were so good, but there were things that, that accumulated that I had slight issues with that kind of dragged it down a little bit. Um, so while I'm not going to throw a score on it yet, Ian, I will say that I did not find it to be a great star Wars movie. <gasps> That, this is this is interesting. It definitely is interesting. This is the uh, this is the second. I've only um, talked to two other people so far, mm -hmm. and I've gotten um, and including yours now. Be the third. Um, this is the second take out of three that has uh, been left wanting. Mm -hmm. um, my own personal take is a lot different than. Than, than yours I don't want to skew negative quite yet um, I but I am very interested in what you had issue with or didn't really like as much as you thought you would like do you want me um, to just start listing the negatives uh no that's why I said it, it, I don't it, want no. you to you know skew what negative. it might be it might be quicker if Matt just lists the positives yeah this is it this is uh well, this is interesting like I said I feel like I can make lists about equally long on things that I really liked versus things that I had exceptional problems with. 
Exceptional uh, problems. Maybe exceptional problems is is a bit overstated, but definitely things that I didn't like. And so what what this movie made me realize more clearly than ever is a now I think I really know the formula for me that I connect with with Star Wars. Like what what is it about Star Wars that works so well? Um, this movie I think clearly makes that distinction for me. Let's get it. Let's get and, into that. Like I, I yeah. Well, I, I've changed course. I want to hear. I want to hear the grievances. So uh, what I will say is that to me this movie felt very much like um, maybe a Star Wars comic book might feel, or a Star Wars novel, or a Star Wars video game. Something expanded that isn't obviously part of the main episodic stuff, like. A lot of the comic books do have these um, storylines that, frankly, feel like they could have been, well, either in a comic book or a TV show. It doesn't have kind of the um, the fairy tale nature storytelling aspect of it. It doesn't have that hero's journey, that path. It doesn't have uh, the the characters. I don't think, uh, or the main character to really latch on to the ensemble cast. While um, interesting, wasn't all that interesting. I, I will say I saw the movie twice, and on the second viewing, I did find them a little bit more interesting and enjoyable. But especially after the first viewing, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, I I was really underwhelmed with essentially every character in the movie. Um, I didn't really care about Jin and she was made to be the focal point. Um, I didn't really ever latch on to the emotion of her and her family and her hardships. I felt like her time was too divided amongst other characters that were underdeveloped like Chirrut or Baze. Um, Is Baze Chirrut's boyfriend? Yeah. Um, I actually found, um, um, help me out, Paul, the, the Intel rebel, um, the dude, the dude, um, uh, the main guy, Cassian. Cassian. I found him to probably be the most interesting character that I wish had a little more to do or more screen time. I'm inclined to agree with you, but that doesn't go against my nature <clears throat> of strong white guy, even though he's Mexican. I was gonna say he was Mexican. Yeah. He so was. that goes against all of that. he. He but was, he was he was a he was a rogue that he is played closest, by his own rules. He's the closest I'm going to get to lead white guy. He was very close to. Do you um, need a lead white guy to hang on no, to? I'm, I'm being like, funny, but yeah. he was my favorite. He was part of very him. close. To he was great. He a was, New Hope, Han Solo. Yeah, you know he, especially in the end when he lost the jacket and he was just wearing the well the visually sure. shirt. But I think hair. thematically, I, like, fuck that guy. I think thematically they play right into Han Solo whenever he shoots somebody. Right. Two seconds into his introduction, he, he kills a guy in cold blood because the guy that he killed, if he hadn't, would have spilled the beans to the Empire as he was either tortured or, or interrogated or but whatever. But you get a lot more depth from Cassian Andor than you do Han Solo because like... Han just Han doesn't have that depth. Well, I feel when like it plays Solo, a Han lot on. I feel like it plays a lot on Han Solo's like the things that you already understand about Han Solo and in like are short. It's already shorthand. You understand that this is the archetype that you're playing with, and they go further with it 
with Cassie and Anna. They do. But there's the there's big, the big difference between the two of them is that like that's just what Han does. Han waxes a Greedo, he's out, he doesn't Yeah. But this kind of this kind of business weighs on Cassian and it's 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 a burden for him and he I, understands why he does it. And it's it's a deeper emotion that we're getting out of what what's represented in Cassian than anything we get out of Han. You know, yeah. that that mm, I don't know. I think that there's some relatively heavy exposition that tries to like further that point that we don't get with Han Solo in the original Star Wars, but like in this movie, that's what I just said. I feel like there's some unnecessary exposition. So, for example, when Cassian has to kill that other rebel spy in the very beginning, the look on his face says it all. I don't need him to explain. You know, I've done things for the rebels that, you know, that um, makes me feel like this is this could all be for nothing. It's it's said on the look on his face. We know it as I, an audience. I, disagree. I, th- I think that you have to you have to have that monologue when he's tell he's explaining to Jen why they are all going to do it and why he is committed to it because he's going to die for this cause and you never get that from you never get that from a Han Solo character. May, well, not maybe e- not even not even um con- comparing the two Cassian and Han. I feel like that look in the very beginning when he does it, you're like, all right, this guy doesn't re- he's not really happy that he had to do this. Mm-hmm. But the exposition further on really digs into who he's been, where he's come from, what he's been through. It adds on it, on top of that look in the beginning. It tells you mm-hmm. how much he's had to do this. Yeah. How yeah. much yeah, I, hardship he's had to go through to I, get to this point in that ship with Jin where he's like, you don't fucking get it. You don't get to be the fucking sad sack, boring female lead of this movie. All of us have been through bullshit. Yeah, I, I think that that monologue nailed it, and I don't think it was unnecessary. I think it was called for and well-placed. And it spoke to the other rebels that were joining him, too. It wasn't That wasn't Cassian's monologue about Cassian. It was why we're all doing this. Right, I understand that. And that also plays into the fact that this movie really made the rebels much more of a gray area um, you know, organization versus... The um, the clear you know shining white knights that they were in the original movies. Now that plays to the fact that this is a, a you know quote grittier movie, uh, um, more of a war movie, and that works for that. I'm just not so sure that I necessarily needed that. Um, I I feel like the story that this told would have worked just as sufficiently as a comic book novel. TV show, whatever, video game, um, to be a full-length feature film, I still don't know if it was necessary in spite of some of the amazing things that were in the movie, and we can get into that in a little bit. What I will say as I was making the point about the ensemble cast that I really didn't feel like I connected with, frankly, any of them. The closest I got was Cassie and... Um, <laughs> w- so spoilers, they all die in this movie, and I can tell you, I didn't give a shit when any one of them died in this movie. Wow, Not really? one shit. I cared I think about that as means much. That you're like a heartless prick. I cared about as much for the for the Rogue One group dying as I do like in a Friday the Thirteenth movie when the teenagers bite it. I just didn't care. Wow. 
I didn't that's, care. That's kind of that's astounding because I think they did a great job of building in to the audience why you should care about these people to the point where I got choked up whenever K2SO was getting gunned down mm-hmm. in his final scene. Wow. And no, I mean, you cannot you cannot be <laughs> choked up, but I like that character and I thought that it was a convincing job, a heartwarming character. A, a, a and somebody that I cared about to the point when he was getting killed and at a certain point you realize like man none of these fucking dudes are making it out of this thing um what when he was getting gunned down I was upset man I really was I thought he was a great character and it was a great sacrifice when he was like closing and locking the door and getting killed I want to I want to bring up something now before I, before I forget it. I sat next to the Ian during the, the McSauce Rogue One field trip, and there's the point at the end where Jin and Cassian have to scale this huge data tower. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Yeah. They have to jump out this window. They have to climb, jump on this tower in the middle of this huge chasm. Right. They have to climb up and find a specific zip drive <laughs> that they're pulling out of this thing. This goddamn floppy disk. So Jen goes first, and she's climbing up, and she finds the one that she needs, and she pulls it out, and uh, I think Krennic and a couple of death troopers show up, and they're shooting at them, and she like she kind of drops the Death Star plans. Right. And when this happens, Ian, Ian puts his hands up in front of him and goes... <gasps> Oh my god. My, mind you, I know that the crux of my childhood depends on her being successful. You know she's successful. Yes, but, I know. But wow. regardless, in that moment, at that moment, I could I could hear your brain go, wait a second. What are they gonna do now? Ian, now your floral pattern shirt starting to make sense. <laughs> the, it was the hands went up in front of him and the the gasp, and I was like, oh, I fucking love this guy. Uh, <laughs> no, in, in that moment, I was like, if, this fucking hey, dummy. I, yeah, I was like, hey, dummy, if she doesn't do that, you're not <laughs> jumping in the fucking garbage chute on your couch when you're three years old. <laughs> uh, That's how much I was invested in this movie. Like, I, I, feel, I feel like K2SO was getting too much hype. Mm-hmm. He was cool. I... No, no, you don't. No, think he's getting no, too I much think hype. He, I think he's getting a a righteous amount of hype. I thought he was a great character. I I, I liked him. I enjoyed him. Um, I don't think he stole the movie. A lot of reviews I'm seeing are K two S O stole the movie. He what? stole the movie. He was the heart of the movie. He stole the movie. I don't think he stole the movie. I think he was good. I think he was entertaining. Yeah, the Cassian was my favorite character in the movie. The, the reviews that I read were K2SO, or who who played him, who did his Alan voice? Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Tudyk? Tudyk or Tudyk? I think it's Tudyk. Tudyk. He's, he says Tudyk. Okay, Tudyk Alan Smith pronounces things wrong all the time. Alan Tudyk, uh, and then Donnie Yen's um, Chirrut character. That's were, what I heard a lot. Were the, I heard that those two characters were the the standouts of you know the Rogue One group. And frankly, I couldn't disagree more. Um, I think those two characters were the most overplayed um, and and kind of over-the-top characters of the group. And uh, I was probably 
least a fan of those two characters. Um, going in, Paul, you had some pretty major reservations about Chirrut being this kung fu master and there would be too much like martial arts in Asian, East East Asian martial arts in a Star Wars movie. I also think it was non-traditional swordplay, I think is a technical term, even though I believe that samurai swordplay is pretty traditional. So after a couple shots at tequila, I also master in non-traditional swordplay. So, um, so mm. I think that uh, that that sequence when Donnie Yen beats up ten stormtroopers was probably more ridiculous than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was really. Just it was like, hey, well, Donnie Yen's in the movie, so we got to have him do kung fu. Well, who who is that actor? Is that an actor that we should know? Is that the reason he's, why he's becoming more popular in Western cinema? But he's real big um, in China. Um, he's basically like their big action star, and he's See Jackie great, Chan. He's basically like the new hotness for martial arts movies. Deadly. He plays. There's there's a series of movies called Ip Man. Uh, there's three of them. And the third one just came out recently, and the bad guy in it was Mike Tyson. But um, I need to see this Ip, movie. Stat. Ip Man is based on a real life character who is the guy that trained Bruce Lee. Okay. And Donnie Yen plays Ip Man, and amazing choreography, great martial arts movies. But I don't want a martial arts movie being in Star Wars. It would be like you know you put like. I don't know, Chris Rock all of a sudden in Star Wars. Well, Chris Rock's in it, so he's got to like be Chris Rock. That would just be too much. I don't want that. I, you know, let's keep it real. Let's keep it Star Wars. I don't want to overindulge in a particular actor's like kind of bread and butter just because they're in it. Like, don't put them in it if that's all they can do, which I don't think is all he could do because I really liked him. Otherwise, but when he was fighting, I was just like, oh my can god, I, what are you doing? Can I get some points for not liking his fucking kung fu nonsense from the fucking get-go? And you guys fought me on it? And now if the, I roost, can... the chickens are coming home to roost? No, and let daddy's me fi- right. Let me finish. Daddy's correct. Because I like them too. I re- I didn't like the kung fu stuff. It doesn't. It, it, it looks too earthen. Still maintain, Earth. it looks too earthen I, to be in a Star Wars movie. I but don't know. his character as a whole... And his boyfriend, whose name I don't remember. Baze. I fucking dug those dudes. Yeah, they were they pretty cool. They didn't do anything but hung out, <clears> hang <throat> out, shoot some guns, shoot some stormtroopers. Like, they were fucking cool. I really I, liked this cast. I, I liked what um, Donnie Yen, or whatever his name is, what, Cheer it. What, what he represented, which was like the last ves- vestige of the Jedi culture and right. a protector of the Jedi temple or. The, Whatever that was, protector of the wills. The wills, right? Isn't that the... We it, don't know what that is. Isn't the wills, wasn't that um, Luke Starkiller and the Journal of the Wills was the original title yes. of Star Wars? Right, which they obviously mined, but they didn't explain what the wills I don't is. feel like you need to. I mean, it's well, just no. a part of... Well, you know, yeah, whatever. It's just part of Jedi culture or whatever. He's just protecting Jedi heritage, right? And I like I that there's somebody that's force sensitive that isn't necessarily a Jedi. I like what that represents, I, but I don't 
think I like the execution of. It. I don't like. Yeah. I am with the force and the force is well. Like I don't like that at all. That was it was too much, right? It was it was it over was, the top and interface. And and I feel like, look, you can't have a character like this show up and be even more of a badass than like a Jedi Knight. The Jedi Knights should have been the pinnacle of uh you know fighters, and then this guy shows up and he's the most fucking badass yeah, fighter I've ever seen in a so? Star Wars. He had backup. His boy. His boy backed no, him up No, he lot. whooped that ass before. Oh, no, man. Before he killed I don't like, feel up. like he was as badass as Quagon, Obi-Wan, or even Luke. Like, I don't... I well, don't... He took on... We just never saw <coughs> Luke have to... Well, actually, we did. He took on a bunch of fucking skiffs. No, you're right. You're right. And both. And he that. did get backup from his boyfriend. But, like... Like, it goes back to my argument that, like, him and Jen Erso shouldn't be fucking up a bunch of stormtroopers with a stick and a baton. Like, I think they, the st- not only, not only the armor, stormtroopers are trained. They're fucking soldiers. Right. One person so is, but so was should Jen not Erso. be fucking them up. Jen Erso was trained from the that's time true. she was six years old. That's a lot. That's a lot better than oh wow, here's a fucking lightsaber, and my name's Ray, and I'm the only girl in this whole fucking movie. Right. Let me spark this shit up. Like Jen Erso is way more reasonable than May- that. I get it. Maybe. Like pull- that was that's totally cool. Maybe you pull back a handful of stormtroopers. Maybe they're not beating up so many. So easily. Did she beat that many stormtroopers? She storm fucked up, up enough stormtroopers. I would for say me to be five or more. Five or more. I don't feel like that's She's out fucking, of fucking ganger. She was Just a fucking fucking jumper. She was. She's a, te- a little girl. Go she, get her. She was the lead sidekick of the rebels' main, like like the good version of Darth Vader. Like she was taught by that guy. She was taught by Saw Gerrera. Who is the good guy's version of Darth Vader? He's not the good guy's version he of is, Darth Vader. He is just the, because he's half mechanical doesn't mean he brings the skill set or knowledge he, that Darth Vader does. He was. We know where he's he was from. A, he was. We an know ex- where he was. I know a, where he's from. He's a I rebel. Ex- he was a rebel Wars. extremist, right? Yeah, he's a fucking hothead that doesn't know how to properly lead his people. Okay, maybe I'm being a little outsized with that, but. He definitely is somebody that has knowledge that could teach someone how to fuck up five stormtroopers. I think is I that think, fair or I unfair? Jen can fight. I don't think she can just cut through a swath of stormtroopers like it's no big deal. Now, cheer it. Also, I don't. They could have pulled a couple stormtroopers back to make it more realistic. Mm-hmm. He did get help from his boy, but he- still. Too much. Come on. What the fuck? Can we stop making... Do you feel like the stormtroopers storm were unthreatening right. this that, time? Yeah, like, all the time. They're always they, unthreatening. They, they weren't threatening this time? Like, they killed a whole lot of people this time. I think... Oh, in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. I think that the stormtroopers were threatening when it was convenient to make them so in this movie. Um, when, when it was time to let, um, you know, Felicity Jones or... Uh, Donnie Yen shine and let them kind of have their moment. Stormtroopers were bumbling morons. Otherwise, they were they were kind of like they harken back to the A New Hope version of the Stormtroopers. Um, you know, I think the Death Troopers, the black, like six or seven foot tall ones, were actually pretty cool. Were they that much taller? 
I think they were. Yeah. I don't think they they were that much taller. I didn't think they were taller. They didn't I sound they like they were uh, stormtroopers. They had cool. Size. They didn't speak English. Were I don't they think. Robots? I don't were know. They, were they aliens? I thought they were aliens. They weren't. They didn't human. speak English. I don't no. think it was. If they did, it was did really like really muffled or whatever, but and distorted. But um, I think generally they were pretty cool. Uh, I wasn't sure that I would buy them necessarily because we had never seen them before, and it's like, well, why are they the bodyguards of kind of a slightly above mid-level officer? Well, in the I, empire, do you feel right, like he was me, slightly let me pose, above mid-level? Let me pose a theory. Well, no, he was he was significantly I above. I feel like he was like, like Tarkin didn't Tarkin have, level, no, and then, or like maybe <laughs> no, he and was then Tarkin below. like jumped him. No, 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 he was under Tarkin all the whole time. Can I Tarkin's Grand Moff Tarkin? He was commander. Was he, was Comman- he was, was or Grand director? Moff, director was Grand Moff Tarkin Grand Moff in this movie? No, he was governor. So he so he wasn't Grand. <laughs> yes, he, dude. This movie takes place 15 minutes before New Hope. And then he, they like, call it, him Governor Tarkin in but this then, movie. But then, whenever Tarkin is like, "Ah, I think I'm gonna take over charge of this fucking awesome weapon regional, that you made." Regional governors in Star Wars are still Grand Moffs, correct? You would be the only one that right. would know this at this table. You fucking asshole. I'm pretty sure. I'm you're, right. No, you're totally right, but you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I don't think that Krennic is like some peon. I no, think he's that not. He's he, a high level. He's person very high level. That got stepped on by somebody that's like maybe a little bit my higher. My point level. is, my point is, where were Tarkin's death troopers? He's he's got a super cush job. He's not on the ground. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Can I pose a theory about the? Death no. Troopers? No. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I feel like. Krennic has his hands in all kinds of shit okay. in the Empire. Not just the Death Star, but I feel like the Death Troopers are some quasi-biomechanical half-robots, maybe some alien nonsense. Like I feel like the Empire is up to all kinds of shenanigans, just like the Nazis were up to trying to find like magic the ways tro- the death to troopers summon were, Cthulhu uh, and beat the... Allied forces in World War Two. I Krennic's feel like the SS. Empire is up to a whole bunch of nonsense, just like the whatever maester that is in Game of Thrones that rebuilds the mountain. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like Krennic's, Krennic has his hands in a bunch of shit, and that's what the Death Troopers are. And he's 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 slow so far down the ladder from the Emperor that he can be like, "Hey, I built this. I built these." Crazy fucking effective, like half robot, half people soldiers. There's only a handful of them. They're my personal guard. And oh, but oh, Tarkin, they're just regular troopers. And everyone above him is just like, yeah, whatever. You're so beneath me. I don't give a shit. Have your black stormtroopers. I don't care. See, I don't feel okay. like he's that low. Like, I feel like he's on a pretty high level of the Empire that he is able to have the resources to have these death troopers at his disposal that he can make these kind of things that he's he's in charge of building the empire's greatest weapon like i don't think that's a janitor's job but that but that's how that's how far reaching the empire hierarchy is i feel like he is so high but he's still so far from tarkin and it's not just 
it's not just steps in the authoritative ladder. It steps in like the arrogance ladder. Something I feel like Tarkin still doesn't want anything to do with this guy. Even I don't know, man. He went directly to he he went and met directly with Tarkin and Darth Vader at Darth Vader's house. So, I, but didn't he get sent to Darth Vader's house? Doesn't to matter get, to get scolded. Doesn't matter if no. you to can get put in place. If no. you can go to Darth Vader, if you can, if no. you're able to go to Darth Vader's house, you're pretty fucking high. Up. All right, if you get that invite. No, so um, just to clarify, no, Krennic took it upon himself to go because he had his argument with Tarkin and he said, we'll see about this. Then he went to the to the facility um, where um, Jin's dad was and there was that whole ordeal. Then he went to Darth Vader's house (laughs) and and it was then that he basically said he just kept climbing. uh, He just kept going over top of Tarkin's head. Which is kind of weird because Tarkin is higher up than Darth Vader, but he still went to Darth Vader to, I don't know. Don't you feel like Darth Vader is like the ultimate secret weapon? Yeah, I think so, but here's the thing. He went to Darth Vader's house because that's where the fucking evening at the improv show was happening in this movie. (laughs) So it was fucking Pun City on Mustafar. Pun City? Yeah. Was anybody disappointed that they didn't put up a little Mustafar at the bottom? I was. I was bummed out. I was like, I know that's where we're at. There's only one place that this could be. And was I the only person that groaned when Darth Vader showed his cheek? What? No. No. Like when he was in the... When he's in the no, tank, when he when he was being all fucking joking, when he funny. said, oh, "When he was like, don't uh, choke, don't choke on your aspirations." Waka, waka, waka. Uh, no, I no, I loved it. I was like, "Yeah, fucking Excelsior!" I had I had no problem with it actually. Like, it's no different than apology accepted, Captain Nita, or things like that. Yeah, no. uh, Vader's a jokester. He's a trickster. I get it. I get it, but... Fuck like, you for hating that joke. No, I fucking hated that. Because the apology accepted Captain Nita is I find like, your lack of faith disturbing. That's not jokey or, like, sarcastic at all. That's It's just sarcastic. Like, no, uh, I find your lack of faith disturbing? No, that's like, I find your lack of faith disturbing, so I'm choking you. Apology accepted is kind of jokey. Apology accepted is joking because it's like, oh, you're dead. But, but, <laughs> it's, but it's a hard... Yeah. But it's a hardcore, like... Your death Fuck is my you. payment. You're dead. I'm not fucking with you. You're dead. I just fucking killed you. How about this? But like, you got to remember, don't he, choke on your aspirations. He was total waka waka waka. He was refining nah, his yeah. fucking comedic style. <laughs> Fuck you for until, him working his shit out at his home until, comedy studio. Until a month later, <laughs> when he was when like, he finally gets it right. Yeah, when he was like, I got this shit on lock. We were on. We were on the cusp of his one hour HBO special. A night at Vader's house. Darth Vader faces and sounds. <laughs> Vader. Vader live. So, um, I I I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I remember watching it, and I for the sequences where Tarkin and Krennic were next to each other. You know how the Imperial officers have those um, ranking um, squares on their on their I think chest? They're called cough drops. And you have, there's like rows, right? So some are red, some are blue. Tarkin has like a row of blue and then a row of red, or maybe it's flipped. But Krennic had the exact opposite flipped. So there was like a distinction in their ranking. 
like based on that. What do you think those cough drops mean? I don't know, but I think Tarkins are higher, so I'm gonna guess red on top. I guess. So what is no, like the Krennic's highest? Are red on top. Are Krennic's red on top? Yeah, because I just drew them today. <laughs> okay, so Tarkins are blue then red. Um, so speaking of Tarkin, what did we think of Grand Moff Tarkin? I really wanted them to pull back on the magic of recreating Peter Cushing. I thought we saw too much of him, and the more we saw of him... Like, I knew from the get-go they did not necromance Peter Cushing and have him in this movie. But, like, the more we saw of him, I feel like the more the flaws... The more the flaws came through. If they would have, like, I thought it, w- it would have been so fucking cool if they would have limited limited to whenever you first see him, you see the back of his head, and all of us hardcore Star Wars nerds, we know immediately who that is. Right. Just give me some, like, side profile shadow. And, yeah, and then you see you see his reflection in the window, and he, he and that's how he addresses Krennic. Like, Krennic is so beneath him. He won't even turn to look at him. He doesn't even turn to look at him. He just talks right. to him, right. doesn't even look at him. And that's how you get Tarkin. And I'm like, oh my god, that would be so great. But we get close-ups, side profiles. We get walking scenes. Like he, like made, the camera pans around yeah, him. Like, <laughs> we get so much, so much Tarkin. And like, like uh, I talked to a couple people that didn't know Peter Cushing was dead. Like, and they. They, they they didn't know that that was a CG character. Exactly. They had no Holy idea fuck. that was a CG character. So I'm like, all right, well, I mean, kudos to the ILM team for getting this done. But at the same time, like, we know this guy's dead. <laughs> and I don't know if, I, I guess that played something into it that I, I, I wanted less Tarkin because the more he was on screen, the more, the more I knew, like, the more I was aware of the Uncanny Valley. The first time I saw it, I didn't even listen to a word that he said. All I did was focus on... How real it looks. Yeah, and, right. and I was like, is the lip syncing right? And, you know, like... How are those they movements, that voice? Right, like, the, like, oh man, who's voicing is that? Is that voice? Yeah. Right, like, they pull... Like, there was so much that was going into my head, like, what's the magic behind this? How did they do it? Right. You know, there were some moments when it looked fucking great. And I'm not just talking reflections in the windows. I'm talking like full on. Th- there was just something where it was nailed. It was perfect. And then there were other moments more common where it just looked a hair off. And that hair was a chasm. It was, it was so, it was, a, it was like a, Beard hair. A, it was a so hair chasm. <laughs> it was a, it was a beard hair. Like uh, like I feel like when in, you try to shave it, it goes boing. That's <laughs> how thick that fucking hair. In the right, it was like a copper wire. In the next ten years, we're going to be able to pull off. Like it was close enough that I was like, wow. Like they're they're going to get it one of these days. Yeah, they're going to be able to resurrect there was, somebody and put them in they, in a movie that's that. And it's going to be so close that we're never going to be able to realize it. But this is, it it was disturbing. Going back to what you guys were saying with the difference between Tarkin's rank, I think that if he was as dismissive and sort of in the shadows, it would have fared better with the CG aspect as well as like storytelling as well. Mm -hmm. Like it was just a little too brutal for me. 
I, I think we were ultra critical, ultra critical of it. Honestly, of course we are like more than we might be about any of the other effects just because we know they're, they're recreating a living person that is long since dead and, um, and they're doing something that's like never done in movies. So, I mean, I give them major props for even trying it, for having the guts to do it. I mean, and like I, it I, was close <clears throat> enough that that character was good enough to be a character in the film, you know, like he was in this movie nearly as much as he was in a new hope. That's how much he was in it. Um, and I think that's cool. You know what I want to say, and this is actually, unfortunately this is a negative, but I want to talk about some of my favorite things about the movie. My favorite things about this movie are the things that directly harken back to the star Wars that I already know and love certain characters showing up, the cameos, things like that, the ships, all the familiar were all my favorite things. All the new things that were brought to it were things that I didn't connect with as well. I'm amazed that you, like, you can't get past that this film isn't exactly the the hero's journey. Like, do you necessarily need it, that for every bit of your Star Wars? Because this is... For connective me, tissue to the main portion. That, right. You're absolutely right. But uh, I think that if I want to like it as much as I like the saga films, yeah, because those are the things to me that that Star Wars truly is at its heart. All the other stuff, like you said, it's the connective tissue. It's kind of the ancillary stuff, the in-between stuff that's not quite like it's it's side stuff. It's not as relevant. Um, yeah, as cool as it is, I love the universe and everything, but this was not, this wasn't, um, sci-fi fantasy or space fantasy. It was like space action, space war, and it's the fantasy elements that I really connect with. And when it wasn't there, that's when I really noticed like, oh my God, that's exact. that's what Star Wars is to me. Otherwise, what it's, do you it's, think that it would need more of? That? Well, this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm, I'm really wondering. Nothing. Like, uh, there's no. Not, I mean, what, what, like, what could have they? What could they have done? More fantastical. Nothing. The, this story doesn't lend itself exactly. to what Matt's looking. For. Exactly. Okay. Like, it, that's why. I mean, to me, I'll just say this now: that I didn't connect with this movie as well as any of the previous seven movies. I prefer the saga films to this, any one of them. Do you not feel like this is part of the saga? Like, I know it technically isn't, but do you feel like this is not a saga film at all? Mm, not, no. No, I don't. I disagree because for me, at least for me, mm -hmm. this is as much a saga film as everything else that's come before it, just based on the fact that this movie is described exactly in the first two paragraphs of the crawl of the of right. a new hope. And I think that's cool. I think the fact that that was described in a new hope in the crawl and then you see it again, that's the direct kind of connection um, to what I already know and love as opposed to if the opening crawl told me about Jin and Cassian and K2SO and Kung Fu, I you know, He's got a name. 
No, just the the art of kung fu. The gay Asian guy. Karate. Karate. Yeah, the guy that does karate. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, it was... I can't make you like it. Right. It's it's not that I didn't like it, because I did. I just didn't like it as much as a typical Star Wars movie. Here's the thing. I I really think that it... It real. I think it really fits. I um, really do. I mean, it's cool how it fits. It really. It's very cool how it actually, especially like the way that the ending and how it transitions straight into a new hope. I think that's awesome. And don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll be happy to go over the things that I fucking loved in this movie. But um, when I was all done, one of the first thoughts I had was, "Holy shit! I just don't fucking need a Han Solo movie. You just." Stop now. Don't do that. See, that, I've been saying that for fucking ever. I have too, Paul, but like this one like really really like brings wow. my me down. But, like on this it. is this is really I because I feel like this not only connected directly with the New Hope which I watched earlier today and changes around does not negatively impact the way or change in a in a in a it 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 um it influences the way that the things happen. It influences the way in the first scene when the rebel fighters are running around frantically and the hectic space battle that's happening right there and the conversations that Darth Vader has. Why Darth Vader is so insistent? I'm you know I know these fucking plans are here and he's cracking people's necks, totally throwing agreed. people against the wall because he fucking saw it happen. And I think that. I don't know, man. That impacts me in a way that positively influences the next movie. Totally agree. But a lot of the stuff leading up to that moment that, you know, you transition from the end of Rogue One into um, A New Hope, all this stuff kind of like before it doesn't impact me nearly like the way that that ending did. Um, The ending was great. It's just a lot of the stuff leading up to it. You know, one of my least favorite parts, and I don't even fucking get it. I saw it twice. You guys remember that part with that weird slug thing that tried to read the mind of Bodhi Rook? Rook? Yeah. What the hell was that? Do you hate that? that? It's just some new alien, man. That goes back to my my personal dislike of CG aliens. Like, I don't like the Rathnars. Like, Rathars. if you I didn't think that, that was that bad, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't puppeteer an alien into the Star Wars universe, get it out of the Star wow. Wars. Wow, did, did you thought that that was that bad? That oh, it I, stuck I out think, and it was I don't, weird. It's not and you so didn't much like the, the mind reading of it, it's not or? the effect of it. It was just, it, to me, that character, I felt like. It was it was a really weird balancing act of being kind of like underdeveloped and overdeveloped. I thought in the areas that um, he was used, it was it was almost used opposite of the way it should have been. There was too much focused on like, is he a legit defector or isn't he? Versus oh, Bodhi. Okay. Yeah, right. And um, I thought that character was kind of annoying anyway, like with his squirreliness. Um, I and think you need some squirrely people. Again, he more I than anyone. He be, he, his squirreliness worked out because everyone else was so fucking dead serious. He needed his own characteristic to work in the ensemble. I guess, but Bodhi at the end was of, weird. Cheer was serious. 
what's his face was the gay boyfriend. Cassian had some I some feel internal like he issues, and Jin was the hero. I feel like K two S O was the robot, the funny one. Gay boyfriend was he gay? Oh, they I feel like he was bone gay. like crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't have a problem with Bodhi being squirrely at all. I mean, he was a. I feel like he was paranoid, and his paranoia was brought out by the fact that he got his mind extracted by a squid he was, monster. He was the Murdoch of Rogue One. Yeah, you know, you made that point earlier, and I was like, really? But after you said it, I paid more attention to it. I was like. Good analogy. Like, like can it. we excuse the fact that they told him, like, eh, it's going to fucking make you crazy. Like, so for the majority of the movie that we saw him, he was, it was the result of this slug monster. No, he was kind of, he mind. was kind of wacky yeah, before like, that. Yeah, he was pretty A little bit, that. but he was like, what, what were we seeing? He was like trying to deliver this message and he was captured by these thugs of Saw Gerrera. Hey. Like, I mean. Hey. He was under stress. You don't need to convince me, Sauce Guerrero. I'm just saying. I enjoyed, like, I really liked this, these characters. Um, all of them. Everyone uh, brought out a little something, showed me something that I didn't think I was going to see. And by the time they're all dead in the end, I was bummed that we don't get to go on another adventure with these characters. Yeah, even, I was, I'm surprised, Matt, that you Chirin, didn't I was give the, a shit I about... I was the hardest on, from the very beginning, uh, like, I was the biggest detractor of. Like, I, I wanted to see, like, him and his boyfriend, what they were doing, what Bodhi was doing. I wanted to explore more with Cassian and Jin. I wanted to see all of these characters more by the end. But that's the mark of a good movie and great storytelling is that you're left wanting more. Right, and you know Matt made the point, and maybe we were, maybe it was it was when when we were talking last week that you talked last week. None of these characters gave you enough, but I feel like they, I I feel like they gave me enough that I understand who they are, and I want, I want more. I want to learn more about these characters. I would expect that there will be more spinoff type things, comic books for sure. If not novels, um, especially with um, Baze and, and Chira and, well, probably all of them. I think K2SO and Bodhi Rook might be the exceptions. I, I'm not sure that they'll be the first ones to get spinoff material. Would you not like to see, like, the final stand of the Jedi on, on Jedha? Is that the name, Jedha? Jedha, that, yeah. Would you not like to see something like that where they... Where that temple finally falls, and the <coughs> keepers and the 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 holders of the old Jedi Order finally go away. Like um, I, I feel not, like that's the home base of no. Of the all home that base was the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Coruscant, right? But don't you think that in a planet that is full of kyber crystals, where the Jedi Order originated from, that's basically called that's Jedi. And you're a Jedi, if you're on Jedha, don't you think that like some of the origins of that religion or order start there? Paul? Yeah. Um, speaking of... Well, yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like... And it's the holy city, right? Is that what they called it? I don't Who's think... Who's it holy to? Yeah. They Did called they it call the holy, holy city, city, right? Did they really? Yeah. I don't remember. They called it the that. holy city yeah. multiple times, even uh, to the point where they're like, blow the holy city, city not, the fuck I, up. I... I'm a staunch. Uh, I I hate all the fucking religious 
you know, all the bullshit with the Jedi from the prequels. Anyway, so I don't, I, I, I fucking hate all that stuff. Right. So, but Jedi you being the holy city, blah, blah, blah. You realize that, that that's what they're talking about, right? I get it. I'm glad they blew it up. Get rid of that nonsense. Let's move us into the original trilogy where none of that exists, where they are knights. And they're not religious zealots. They are knights by that point. That's fine. But my point is, shouldn't Jin's kyber crystal necklace played some part in the movie? Because the whole movie, we see that fucking thing from like frame one. It was like a... All through the movie. Is it? That, that's just what it is. It's just like, oh, this is from my dad. It's like a cubic zirconia version of the kyber crystal. What do you want her to do with it? Do you want her to spark a lightsaber with it? I don't know, it? but it was a real red herring. Like, I expected something to happen with that. Like, really? Yeah. I don't know what. I didn't but give that a shit. At all. We, I, we, it was just we like, see it so many times. It was a. You know, she's fucking feeling it Physical up manifestation of her father. That's it. That's it. What you fucking want her to do with it, man? Yeah, I'm. Who cares? I expected it to play. I expected it to play a bigger role. I I wanted to make the point um, before with uh, Bodhi. Whenever he died, that was the one that I. You hate him. You don't get to talk about. That him. was the one that I cared the least about, and and it was so oh, funny because damn. it was so unceremonious the way they just throw the grenade in, boom, gone, and I was like, eh, okay. Um, did you guys notice that the entire group of Rogue One, except for the robot, the way they died, all they, they all blew up. Every single one of them blew up. That was it. Nobody had a more interesting death than just blowing up. Do you feel like it well, wasn't interesting? Chirrut didn't blow up. Chirrut got shot to death. No, just he like blew up. K2SO. No, he blew up. Was he on? Was he? He was at that control when he was Baz at the control. He no. was, he yeah, died and then they blew on. it up. And then Baz came out to get him, but he was already dead. Well, he died in his arms, but um, the reason why he Naturally, died... Naturally, like lovers do. Right. The, the reason why he died Don't was... Don't fucking act like they weren't. They were. Paul, the reason... It's like Poe and Finn. Right. The reason why he died was because he blew up. He was blown up. There, he wasn't shot. He just blew up. Um... Um, bad, I feel like that's I, semantics I at that point. Dude was shot to death. He I was gonna. He was going to die if they didn't blow up the area. He what? was gonna die. What are you talking? No, he was blown up. The, whatever might have happened. No, whatever might on have, his way have, to flipping the switch, he got shot to death. No, he, he was dying. No, he, he didn't. did. He wasn't dead. See it again. Yeah, you're wrong. So he made it to the switch. Correct. And then he was fine. He made it all the way back to Baz. No, and they nope. were like, "Fuck he, yeah, awesome! I made it." Nope. nope so what happened? Nope. He got to the, he got to the switch he unshot, flipped, flipped the yep. switch. Then they basically blew up the switch, and his body went flying in the air and landed on the ground. They died a couple seconds later. And then Baz ran out to him, and then they both blew up again. No. Then Baz ran out to him, and then he died in his arms. Then Baz started walking forward, trying to kill people, and he got shot a few times as he walked. But then he shot a death trooper or whatever. The death trooper falls over and a grenade rolls out of his hand and, and then blows he blows up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters how, like, exactly how everybody died, really. I mean, I think that they were all a little more poetic than you're giving them credit for. Um, I'm just saying what happened, man. I didn't. Right. I, I, I think it, I mean, you can, you can, 
you can film somebody getting blown up, and then you can also artistically film. Uh, I, I think yeah, that, like nine different ways. I think that this, Ka- this movie Cassian should be called and, the nine different ways that you can blow up. Cassian and Jin getting nuked by the Death Star is a little more poetic. And um, did you notice um, Cassian's eyes like like wider than fucking Simpson's eyes? As he was about to be engulfed by the flame, because him and, and Jin that. are hugging, and then you see Cassian's eyes like super wide, like oh shit, and can, then gone. I mean, can you give him give him some credit? The Death saying. Star, you know. Um, how do we feel about this? Is one criticism? This is the criticism coming in. The that one I knew and only, of, the one and only that you have. N- not even of my own. This is the one that I know of coming in that I've heard from other people. Do. The Death Star, I know, was a test run. Mm-hmm. And when they blow up the holy city on Jeddah, they're just kind of blowing up one city. Mm-hmm. This is the same Death Star that eh, five days later, you know, is blowing up Alderaan. Alderaan right. right. Do we think that there are different levels of power yeah they said the death star did yeah. they do they say that they okay. do um okay. i that forget exactly how they what how they reference it but they say do a blah 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 and then like you'll see it like next time you see it there's some kind of like fire up i can't believe this is a technical this is even thing an argument no i mean i i of course I, that's what happens i don't have a problem it was just something no, that it, somebody said um i actually think that the small contained blast that destroys towns, cities, continents is a little more impactful, especially on the ground level when you see it and you're trying escape trying to escape it than the entire planet blowing up. It's it, when you're on the ground, you see actual cities destroying being destroyed. It has a more uh, like you can feel it more. Yeah, I agree. It, it it's really cool how this movie makes the Death Star even scarier than it really was in A New Hope. I think that that's very cool. But at the same time, it really makes me resent the Star Killer base in The Force Awakens as being. It's like, well, what can we do? Oh, let's do something that's even bigger and badder than the Death Star. And instead of blowing up one planet, we're gonna blow up four planets at once. It's just and, lazy. Kinda, yeah. And while I love The Force Awakens, I didn't love that aspect of it. And this movie, I think, really kind of emphasizes that point for me. So you will get... I just want to get to it right now. So you like The Force Awakens more than this film. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah significantly Just because of more. the like fantastical elements, the hero's journey elements, even if... Even despite the fact that they kind of reused, recycled major portions of... Yeah, yeah. And also, I felt like the characters had more time to breathe, um, you know, between Finn and Rey. Uh, I connected with both of them better than anybody in the Force... Or in Rogue One. Um, So it was that. It was their journey. And yeah, it was kind of the repetition of the original Star Wars... Um, I like, you know, that this is a new generation of it. The familiarity of some of the older characters coming back. To me, it was this great mix that seems to be a a perfect launching pad, essentially, for whatever they they come up. Like, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for 
Episode Eight, seeing Luke Skywalker and all that stuff. I'm, I am excited for <clears> that. Supposedly, but I, I am excited for that. But holy shit, did I love Rogue One! Like this satisfied me more than a, the Force Awakens. One hundred percent. Like I like I'm, this movie hands down. Like coming out of it, thinking about it, reading reviews, talking to people. After all that, I'll have to see it again. I don't think that there's anything that's going to stop me from liking this movie more than The Force Awakens. I love that you like it that much. I wish I did too. Um, but I just I just don't. I in going in, I didn't I thought that I would like it and it would be fun, fucking Star Wars thing or a story. I think that it is I like that in the opening title sequence, it's just called Rogue One. I can, can I just say something about that? Yeah. Worst font ever. Um, shouldn't have been hollow like that. I didn't right? like that. Remember in the in the trailer when they showed Rogue One, the letters turned and they had a three dimension to it, and it looked right. kind of cool. It just do that like again. That. Just to, like take the Star Wars story because I don't think I don't like the Star a Star Wars story because it, it's stupid. It it is stupid and, and it doesn't exist. It's not in this movie at all. Just make it go away like it never happened. Yeah, like the the original type treatment in all of the trailers, perfect. But that hollow, thin, yeah. weird, weak that, fucking like, type that, treatment that weirdly I hated went that. back like Star Wars does. Because we're trying to subvert, like that's what this movie's doing is trying to subverse your expectations a lot. Right, and it 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 did it almost every time successfully, but not with that type treatment. But it, no, it, it almost it almost contradicts itself all the time because it's like. We're gonna tease you with the music, but we're not gonna, be gonna we're not gonna give you the full music. We're not gonna give you the title treatment. We're gonna give you a long time ago, but we're not gonna give you anything else. But then they're like, "This is Vader on the blockade runner. This is Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia in the beginning of the movie." I'm because like, they're giving you some of I'm the like, stuff why you want. Are you because fucking doing this, if you if, if you're trying to be a, a different movie, you're trying to separate yourselves. Why are you? Tying yourself because it's so anticipation tight. because so, they're making so you before because they're making making you wait for that stuff. But if you're trying to be so tightly, t- so closely tied <laughs> to a new hope, just give us a proper title treatment. Give us the music. Give us some more force theme. Give See, us some more Star Wars theme. Give give me give me the title treatment like that was shitty. Whenever that came up, I was like. I can see right through that's a piece of shit. But the music, I think the musical cues, the fact that almost all of the music was different, except you get the Empire theme whenever you get the Vader's house. Fucking awesome. And you get the Heroes theme whenever is it whenever the rebels come come in as support? Yeah. Is that right? Well when, that's the first time they're leaving it? the oven. The first time I thought that's when when they first show up at the the, uh, the gate. The first time we hear the Rebel fanfare is when they first um, they show Yavin Four. You see the red planet, and like I got Rebel. giddy when I saw that. Yeah. Then you don't hear the music yet. Then they they go on to the the moon, right? The the forest moon of Yavin, and it says at the bottom of the screen, Rebel Alliance headquarters. That's when you hear the Rebel fanfare. They give it to you again whenever they, give they it arrive to you a few at times. the gate, right? Several times. You get the Force theme a couple but, times. You get the Imperial March. The, the coolest musical cue, I thought, was the original Empire theme that was in the original Star Wars before the Imperial March. 
and it was that like thing that it does. I can't do it. You'll just have to look do it, it again. up. What? No. And <laughs> <laughs> it was um anyway, that one they played that when you see Darth Vader um in the in the back to tank and the and the water drains out, which was a really cool moment, by the way. Do we like that? But, That's like the inverse of Luke on Hoth, right? But, but, we like that, right? But mostly in this movie, you get dun 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 exactly. What the fuck is happening with this music? I I completely agree. I okay, so that was another criticism that I have because the moments when I liked the soundtrack were the moments that Michael Giacchino, the composer of this, basically used John Williams. So Italian used. John Williams music when he did his own thing I was like like this stinks it's completely forgettable garbage you know I had heard that Michael Giacchino was the heir apparent to John Williams well if that's the case fuck that because this music was lame you know like at first I was real excited that they got rid of Alexander Desplot or whatever his fucking name is and they got Giacchino on there because Giacchino like some cool stuff he did the Star Trek movies which have better soundtracks than Rogue One did the Olive Garden theme he did the Olive Garden theme he did the Flintstone Kids theme Pasta 2's commercials what it's Italian so he did uh, all the no he did um, some video game stuff he did like Medal of Honor it's got that like very like kind of classic war type music which kind of you know, seemed when, like it would be a good fit for Italy this. entered the fray. <laughs> and uh, I just think that this soundtrack was just... Dog so, shit, say it. Dog shit. So forgettable. It just... And then, like, I just didn't understand all these moments when it sounded like we were going to get Star Wars music, and then we didn't. Gotta and even, differentiate. And even when he had opportunities to really inject his own flavor into it there was nothing at all that stuck like think about the latest like the force awakens soundtrack you had raised theme and it's all throughout the movie it like kind of is the framework to the soundtrack of that movie that doesn't there's no framework to this it's just it's just nothing well i'd like to jump back a couple points and say that I liked Rogue One better than The Force Awakens because Rogue One is a complete movie. Movie. I've only seen Rogue One once, but I get it. I know what happens start to finish. Boom, boom, done. The more I see The Force Awakens, the more questions I have. The success of how good The Force Awakens is as one movie is going to rely on what happens in episodes 8 and 9, and that's not how a movie should be. So like, Rogue I, One was written mm-hmm. in like not to be a typical Hollywood blockbuster. Where I feel like The Force Awakens was sort of more typical to we're going to spin this off. We're going to make more of these movies. Keep all these oh, people man. alive. I, I mean, like, I mean that is what they're yeah, doing. But though. I, watch, I disagree with both of what you, you guys can just watch said. The Phantom Menace as one movie contained from beginning to end. And that's it. It's done. The Phantom Menace is one experience. Yeah, there's threads, but they they're they're not threads that leave you waiting and leave you hanging for more. Unlike The Force Awakens, which is all threads. At the end of that movie, you're like, 
What's happening? What are we going to do next? Phantom Menace, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got here. We yeah, got yeah. Here. We're done. I feel like there are but, some questions that the Force... Everything's done. No, the, the, no it's there, not. There, that's fucking crazy, man. There, there are questions with The Force Awakens, but that's not like the biggest detractions that I have from that film. Um, there are acting faux pas, I think, from The Force Awakens. There are pacing kind of things that I, that I think. There are thematic uh, repetition that happens with The Force Awakens that I don't think happen in Rogue You're One. You're crazy. That's for me, for me. Paul, so, how did how did Rogue One end? Was it a cliffhanger? It goes right into the movie that we know. Right. Like, it has... Because you know how Can that, that movie Can that be a cliffhanger goes. if you already saw the movie before? Well, like, let's say nobody's ever seen a Star but they, Wars But before. they have, though. But no, have. it's... it's, it's Everybody not, that it's, wants it's to see that movie a, knows. It's not a cliffhanger. The Rebels get away with the plans. The end. It's not a cliffhanger. The good guys get the plans. The characters we followed all die in sacrifice of the ending of the story, which is the rebels get the plans. Right. They get the plans, but the Death Star is still out there. Rebels do, like, they get the plans, but then there's a chase that's ensuing. But we don't know that if we don't watch A New Hope. But the Death Star is is still out there. They can just blow up planets and blow up planets. Like, that it's a completely unresolved story. But for the point of Rogue One, it is a resolved story. No, it isn't. Because now the Rebels can finally go forward with the goal that was put forth in the movie. There was... A, to what? Destroy the Death Star? The goal of the movie was we need to get these to plans. To get the plans up and they got to the, plans, the Rebels and get away. And the good guys got the plans. But it's still a cliffhanger, the, though, Paul. It's not. It's, a com- it's an unfinished story. I mean, it just is because there's there's a much larger task the, still looming. However, there's the no, journey of the characters that you are following the entire time of the film is done. The so point of the story is regard, you need to get the plans, the hope to the good guys. In, the in, plans, the hope, go to the good guys at the end. It's done. In and, the in the regard to the people that we're following, right. their story is finished. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's going to happen? The Death Star is still around. Yeah, I get you. I mean, we can fucking unearth a billion fucking questions if we look that's too, not too a deep billion, into it. But it's not looking deep on into it. first glance at The Force Awakens, it you is the, get a billion, it is a the, billion threads. There are no answers to that movie. That movie is one fucking cliffhanger. But is that Nothing the biggest... answer in that movie. Is that the thing that you took away from it that from troubled you the most? That troubled you the most? The more the I watch it, yeah. yeah. You know, I you, can't watch Paul, it now. No. But, but you know like, you're going to get... When's episode 8 coming out? Using your logic, Paul, episode 7 isn't a cliffhanger at all. Because what's the crux of the movie? Finding Luke Skywalker. What do they do at the very end of the movie? They, they find fucking Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Okay. So, okay. It's not that, oh. it's not that oh. black and white. All right. Like, by that logic, I see what you're saying. But it's not that black and white. Because there are a ton of unresolved questions in more than the Force Awakens, but there are no no unresolved questions. This is sort of a shitty one. Other than well, what are they gonna do? But that's just audience speculation. This is that's not well. Where did Ray come from? Who were Ray's parents? This is a shitty way to evaluate any movie. This is a bad way to evaluate any movie. 
do you evaluate all movies? Well, on I think we were comparing open and, and open and closed in. nature of like. Well, I'm just talking about. Movies, I understand, right? but but the reason why we're talking about this way is because we are comparing. Well, the they're Force all Awakens Rogue One. They're, it's one big long story. Right, I Even understand. Rogue One. Rogue One has the benefit of having you know four movies after it whereas, and movies before it, so we all right, understand. Whereas Episode Seven obviously has a lot of unanswered questions, but if we could look back at the Force Awakens after you know eight and nine, maybe we'll feel differently. I don't know, but. But we shouldn't have to feel differently about it after two other movies. Well, you will because movies that that come out that additional movies affect the story in the way that you view things. Um, Ian even said before when um, you know when he went back and watched New Hope, he's looking at it differently because he was affected by what happened in Rogue One. It's just the nature of the way that the saga shit works, like. The prequels affect the way we looked at the originals. Just is. Yeah, I get it. And Rogue One is infinitely more satisfying than The Force Awakens because I get a complete story in this movie. Regardless of what other movies are connected to it, regardless of what came before or after, I watched Rogue One, I get it. Beginning, end, done. Yeah. I I understand it. Yeah, Force Awakens, just... Infinite questions. I almost feel like the only one that open and shut is A New Hope at this point. Like, because that's the one that you could really cut it off and be like, okay, that's it. Darth Vader spun off. You know, no, everybody Jedi's, got... Jedi's every, beginning everybody, and end. Everybody got medals. Jedi's beginning and end. You learn all you need to learn at the beginning of Jedi. You don't need to know what happened before then. All the exposition That's takes fair. place about That's fair. how everyone gets to Jabba's palace. That's fair. Uh, I mean, like, why? Why is this guy in ice? Like, that makes no sense. Like, but, uh, but doesn't that? But why do you care? Like, why Jabba's hunting Han Solo in the beginning of A New Hope? You don't fucking care. He's just a smuggler because that's part of his deal. Wow, we're really into the fucking balls of this shit. Yeah, How about this? Know. Why don't we go, why don't we circle back, why don't we get back into, <laughs> uh, Matt, you, you've laid some of your grievances. You are the foremost Star Wars expert here. What are the things that you liked about? Oh Rogue my God. Um, well, the my favorite things were the things that harken back to all the other movies. So Darth Vader, oh my God. I love both of his sequences. I love seeing his castle I thought his castle house. was his house. Darth Vader's house was so cool. I love that they put it on Mustafar, the the planet where basically he really became Darth Vader there. His that, birth planet, right? Yeah, it was Coruscant when the Emperor called him, you're going to be Darth Vader from now on. But like Which that's fucking gay. You're going to be Darth... Smader? That Vader! <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like that sequence in oh, in Revenge did. of the Sith, like the way that they altered the Emperor's voice. It was like kind of scary, and then he pauses and like reaches out to the Force, almost like letting the Force tell him Vader's name. I thought that was fucking awesome, but you know, haters gonna hate. So haters gonna vape. <laughs> so uh, I thought that his house on in Rogue One was so cool, but it raises so many interesting ideas about his psyche of where he is why he would have his castle on that planet or maybe the emperor said 
hey, I built you this castle. This is where you're going to live. So that way he continues. I got to hate. you the sweet pad. Because <laughs> the emperor always says your hate it makes you powerful. Um, you know, those are all things that feed into the dark side. I thought I love the the chamber that he was in that harkens back to Luke in the yeah the tank mm-hmm. at Hoth, like when he's getting put back together, basically. And, so and Vader cool. kind of was in the same situation. It was. It was really cool. So cool. And you see like, cause you, you see like this half human in that tank, but just a glimpse, like just not a whole lot. But if you were, you know, saw revenge of the Sith, you know that he got his arms and his legs chopped off and he's just a mess. But seeing him without the armor and the robotics on in such a vulnerable state, it, I, I think that part was so cool. Like, what do you think happens there? Like, do you think that, do you think Vader gets called on for a special appointment? Like, whenever some shit's going down and the Emperor needs some real shit and the Empire needs somebody real, mm-hmm. like they pull Vader out? That's or what he- I think. I think that um, after seeing this, maybe, and Paul hates when you do this, when you kind of speculate, like, well, what could be? But, like, Paul loves to speculate. That's part of the fun for me is trying to figure out, like, well, maybe he. Motherfucker, I've been le- speculating. All night, and I love it. Maybe he leaves his back to tank, and he has to put the armor on. But the the longer he's away from that that tank, where he can like recuperate, maybe the weaker he gets. Um, and if he's away for a long time, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's partly why Luke was able to beat him or something because he he was. Being weakened, I don't know. Whatever. Do but. we feel like I've heard a little bit of this that <laughs> Vader like moved a little more quickly in the in there the was... final scenes? Which like can we say? Can we all say <coughs> that the final you know five minutes of Rogue One, whenever the rebels are scrambling, they're trying to get the fucking disc onto the to the the blockade runner to Leia. And Darth Vader's chasing them the fuck down like Jason Voorhees Mm -hmm. with lightsaber. Like, that was the best moment on film of 2016. Like, I fucking love that. I loved it. One of the best moments in Star Wars, period. It was so cool. I loved every second of it. I couldn't have been happier with the way that that played out. I thought that it was frightening um, it was the Darth Vader that we had all kind of imagined we maybe we would get in Revenge of the Sith. Because going in, I thought maybe he'll be you know the man in the armor for the second half of the movie or something. But that didn't the marketing was heavy with Darth Vader. It stuff, was right. And like, Considering oh, shit. how much they flubbed the first appearance of Darth Vader in the movie, this scene was. What time out? Oh, Did you not like oh, the hated. Darth Vader's house? I hated the way he looked. His weird hunched shoulders and no neck. Remember his goofy dialogue. Remember Ian Hater's gonna hate. Like I was fine with I, so far. I thought I was he was fine really with Darth cool. Vader's house, but the uh, creation of Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith was fucking amazing. I think he's talking about like the first oh. scene in this movie. Oh, and you didn't like, even. I'm sorry. Like I like that. You no. didn't like one. Hold up, Matt. What? You wait, wait. The creation of Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith was amazing. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. 
is that when Palpatine's like, I W Darth Smader? No, Vader. No, 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 no. When or he, when, when he... Obi Wan Obi Wan beats him and no, he, he the, when they're actually fire. building him, like the sequence when they put the arms Not you're joking, on him, right? And the mask lowers over yeah, his face. Yeah, you're kidding. No, it's fucking awesome. No. No, 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 you're kidding. I right? said when the mask lowers on his face when he's being created. You're, not, so no. you're talking about like just cinematography, the way, the way, the visually. That and the, the way, way that, that it juxtaposed against Padme dying. I think, yeah, it was fucking great. But hey, you don't have to like it, but I think it was great. I meant in Rogue One. Okay, his I'm first sorry. First scene with Krennic was. You didn't non- like it that? It was nonsense. It was silly. You're Every fucking bit retarded. Of it you're, fucking you are ridiculous. retarded. I, I, That's stupid. Paul, why? Why did you not like that? Uh, because thought, you didn't like the jokes he was telling. I thought he looked weird. I thought I thought it, he looked he authentic to the time period that he he looked exactly like the nineteen. No, he sep- no. Yes, he, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he fucking did. Yes, he did. Say it as many times <laughs> or as loud as you want. It he sounded didn't. like there could be music. Because yes, I, yes, that. he did. I first, watched it today. It was exactly his, the same fucking thing. It wasn't because in his first appearance, oh, okay. in New Hope, he has a neck, and in this one, he's got no neck. And he comes like swaggering no, out. He, he has he actor, has a neck in this one. You can interrupt me as much as you want. He doesn't. His his head collar touches his shoulders the whole time. His weird swagger when he's walking toward what's his face. Yeah, point to the timestamp. No, no, no. no. I'm I'm you. telling him to pull it up because there's a picture that where his neck sticks out. There, there. He looks. Keep talking, man. Oh, I will. He looks goofy in that first scene. I don't, I don't know, maybe it's because Darth Vader's never had so much dialogue in one place before. This is a weird complaint. That the whole first scene with Krennic felt weird. It felt like we don't really know what to do with Darth Vader right now. But by the time you get to the, other, to the final scene where it's just, this guy's going to murder everybody, it was flawless. It was perfect. But the, the weird jokey, don't choke on your ambitions... And the the oddball high shoulders, the strangely red eyes, that's that. That's I know straight out of yeah, Empire, I know dude. It is. He Do had, you? Because you're bitching about it yeah, as if you didn't know. They were amber. They had a slight amber, slight amber tint in A New Hope. But in this one, and those and, bad boys and are whenever he, red, and whenever he's in the the chamber, yeah, in Empire, and he's on. He he looked too different. In, You're fucking he crazy. He looked too different man. in that first scene. He looked different. He walked <clears throat> different. The the dialogue didn't feel like Darth Vader dialogue. They, I feel, it wasn't Darth Vader in that first scene. <coughs> I don't know, buddy. I think you're wrong. I respect your opinion. <laughs> I, I, I don't respect I do, yours. I do. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I. Don't think they did right by Darth Vader in that first scene. I think they could have handled it a lot better. Um, but by I, the time they got to the end, it was you know spot on. It was what I wanted out of Darth Vader. In I, movie. Like, would you have been disappointed if that's all you got in Darth Vader? No, because then I would have only gotten the parts that I thought they got right. No, I know. What in, mm. if? Wait, wait, hold on. You just said that the original stuff. Like the first appearance was wrong. That's yeah. my question. When he's talking to Krennic in his house, right? I thought it was just it was, it was weird. All of it was weird. 
Like his his neck piece, dude. Like fucking hangs out. Like weirdly, nineteen seventy. Seven. Yeah, this didn't look like that. This but that's that's like... a scene. He's right there in this picture. He's like fucking waka waka waka. Don't slip on that banana peel. That's what he's doing right there. That's the picture, dude. Ian, you're looking at one frame. I'm sorry. Are you talking about that? Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, you're so... looking at one frame, but through the whole scene, he's too hunchback. <clears throat> he doesn't have the mobility. He doesn't have the. There's a certain leanness. Of Darth Vader in A New Hope. That in that first scene, he doesn't have. By the time they get to the final scene where he's just ripping up the rebels, spot on. You know what? The the I'll hero have... scene where he's looking out into space and he's like, these motherfuckers got me. He's perfect. <laughs> he's perfect. But that first scene with Krennic, it's like they didn't really know how to put it all together just yet. When he's like bursting through the fog and shit, like... He's got a stride, like he's he's yes. got it. He was bringing, it. but then when you see his and I, I explained this you know what? earlier. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're weird. right. This sounds it's, so specific that you might be right. And I think I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, the director's fault. I don't think it's the actor's fault. But the way he you get to a point in the scene where he's walking toward Krennic and you see his full body completely clear. You see the chest piece, right. the hips, and he's just fucking, just shaking it, just like he's a little. He's, he's like a he's like saucy Vader. He is, and it's the way it's the way the costume is moving on this guy, and I don't think the actor was okay. aware of it, but like the chest piece is moving and the hips are moving, and it's so fucking sexy. That it's that's the best way I can describe this, it. This criticism is so insane that I think you're, you've that, turned me, you've changed me. You might be right. Who knows? I'm gonna have to watch with, it again. Coupled with the hunch shoulder, the hunched shoulders, and the too much dialogue, <laughs> it didn't feel Darth Vader. To me. I don't. I don't feel like he had more dialogue than Darth Vader's. Like Darth Vader's had dialogue in the past. Right, but, right, right, right. And maybe it wasn't too much dialogue. Maybe it wasn't. The right dialogue. Maybe. Something just didn't... The first scene just did not feel like Darth Vader to me. May I? Yeah. All right. So Go ahead. Paul explained his feelings on Darth Vader as far as that weird kind of like hippie swagger thing that he had where he had like these real like very fluid hip movements as he kind of like walked. And I was like, Really? I, I didn't catch that. Second time I paid attention, Paul's right. He had that. And it's hard to not see once you see it. Um, also, t to me, it did feel like the head felt a little low on the shoulders. Like there wasn't a neck. He, this guy, to me, felt like a little, a little stockier than what I was used to. But I think that... That this that whole thing, the swagger, the head being low, splitting hairs, and that's not to say there aren't moments in the original trilogy where Darth Vader has a haircut. Say what? Where Darth Vader has a haircut, like where like the the helmet looks a little higher oh. than other times. Oh, okay. Right. You know what, Matt? You know what I'm talking about. I, I yeah, I guess I do. I, I guess. 
I, I can't think of specific moments though, like when that was. Um, but I, I'm sure that I would notice it if I'm paying attention or trying to notice it. I think your criticism about too much dialogue is kind of silly. I, I was perfectly fine with it. I think his introduction in this was so cool. The way you see the the silhouette of him as that big Jabba the Hutt palace looking door starts to to rise and he's right behind it and you see the bottom portion of his silhouette and you're just like, that's the silhouette that he had when he was standing at the top of the steps. It's a silhouette the car- Luke has in when the- Jabba's door goes It up. was very similar, but it made me think of when he's in the carbon freezing chamber on Cloud City and that silhouette. Yeah, and that so cool. I loved. I'm, so cool. I'm with you. Then you see Krennic, and as the door comes up, you see a shadow over Krennic, which is the shadow of Darth Vader. I don't know if you guys caught it the first time. I saw. I only noticed it the second time, and it's so cool. And then you see the shadow getting closer and bigger as it approaches Krennic, and then it turns. The camera turns, and you see the the hippie swagger thing <laughs> coming at you. It's like the um, rhythm's gonna get you, right? <laughs> but. Um, while I, I totally understand why you might have an issue with um, don't choke on your aspirations, that part, it really didn't bother me. I loved seeing Darth Vader in both scenes, especially that final scene. So yeah, that was like my favorite part of the movie, Ian. That's also, my favorite part of any movie this year. Like, fucking the, the fear <clears throat> on those rebels' faces when they're like, oh, shit. Right. Oh, no. And then... And, and you kind of think, you're like, oh, well, this is the beginning of Star Wars, and a bunch of stupid stormtroopers are going to come out. They're going to shoot these guys. Nope, nope, nope. Vader. Vader's going to rip everybody's shit apart. So cool. Um, The... um, Then it leads to Princess Leia getting the, you know, the plans and everything. And that led to a couple questions. A... Why was Princess Leia at that battle on that ship? Um, yeah. I Other mean, than like, the fact that it leads really nicely into episode four. But like, right. But it she really shouldn't doesn't... have been there at that battle because didn't um, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith say, like, ah, I got my best girl on it. Right, right, right. Um, it was kind of bizarre that she was there in her, you know, in her royal dress or whatever well, so, so do you want no you can you, you go it i i, I do you want to rationalize this no or go will you let me i feel like this was this was their best plan because up until that point the empire only speculated that leia was part of the rebel alliance mm-hmm. so the sooner they could get these plans into an unspecified source, someone who wasn't who wasn't already tagged as a rebel, the better. The right. sooner they could get it out of harm's way. So let's just get Leia there. Let's get her on this on this blockade runner. Let's get her the plans as soon as possible and send her away. So that way we're not sending we're not sending it off with Bail Organa, who 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 we already think is a rebel sympathizer. We're not sending it with Mon Mothma. Or General Maydeen or Captain Maydeen at but that like, time. But, like, why was she even at that battle where, like, everybody died? Because, you know, we, you know what I mean? Like, because it was a suicide where mission. It was a suicide mission for the team getting the plans. Of, like, mm, everybody. everybody. Like, I've, 
do you feel that? Well, I, well, guess I don't. I don't think Fat Admiral Ackbar didn't think he was making it out. Like I think the big, the big ships of the alliance thought they were going to be fine. So I, I, I feel like their their plan was this little team's probably going to bite it. But once we get that information, we need to get it off, send it off somewhere that no one's going to suspect. With the media suspect. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And that's Leia. Maybe. And also, that's, that's all rationalization right. on my part. Which you like doing now. Is that? That's what you have to do when it comes to Star Wars. Right. So, uh, if you remember in the opening crawl, it said Princess Leia races home uh, with the stolen plans. Right. But she wasn't going home, right? She was going back to the rebel base in Yavin to give them the plans so that way they could come up with how to kill the Death Star, right? I mean, where was she going? Like, who knows where? Why she would she go going? home first? That's a waste of time. Um, I don't know. Like, is she? I don't know. Is that what it says? She's racing. Race it, yeah, races home. Um, yeah. Ian, rationalization is part of the Star Wars game. Or maybe, maybe she lived on. Yeah, yeah and at this point, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, like, why moved? are you trying to fucking hate on her apartment? Yeah, right. She had an apartment on Yavin. Um, that whole that whole battle at the end of Rogue One was really good, really cool. Love seeing all the big ships, the the Mon Calamari ships, which are smaller and kind of goofier looking than the cool ones from Return of the Jedi. I thought that was really cool. You see that it's not quite as big as it ended up being in Return of the Jedi. I thought that was actually very cool. Um, Paul, you said you had kind of an issue with the hammerhead Corvette or whatever that, that rammed into the Star Destroyer that was disabled. It did, yeah, and it, it's a weird distinction, and it's it's totally objective. But I didn't it felt like that it was called a Corvette. Uh, did no, they call it a Corvette? That's, that's I don't even remember. They did, okay. and that's, it felt but that's like what it's called. It didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like a movie ship to me like you know that kind of stuff happens in rebels it happens in the clone wars these are such weird distinctions right like i I don't know man i don't know and but yeah it felt like something that shouldn't really happen in one of the big star wars movies but at the same time i don't know dude two of my favorite parts about rogue one were rebels call outs and that kind of made the hammerhead kind of okay. More legit. Did you guys see the ghost in Rogue One? Yes. You know what? I missed it both times, actually. Did you see Chopper? I think I might have the second yeah, I time. I didn't no. see Chopper, but no. I heard that he was in. Where? When? Um, in On the, the Rebel background in the Rebel base. And you can hear his sounds. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear or see Chopper. Yeah, I yeah, mean, like I think the, he's there. the the most the favorite part of like the callbacks that we had, you know, we talked about the CG Carrie Fisher and Grandma Tarkin, but I mean the reappropriated footage of Gold Leader and Red Leader. I mean, like that was fucking awesome. Like at the moment, whenever that happened, like I turned to you and you were like, 
that was fucking awesome. That was the only time I spoke to you. Yeah. For the entire movie. I thought... Because I had to release my heart Yeah, like, I, yeah, I had to... I was like... Oh. Like, the Tarkin was cool. And, like, we saw a lot. It's just, like, seeing the X-Wings and the Y-Wings and all that stuff. And Did- even seeing the ghost nod and hearing, you know, General Sindula report the blah, blah, blah. Like, that was cool. But, like, seeing Red Leader and Gold Leader. I was and like, seeing- oh, fuck. Yeah. Seeing Red Five get blown to pieces, I'm like, "There's a call number open now." Mm. Yeah, I thought you, you said Red Five. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, right. Whenever the, they shoot Red the, Five the, down, you're like, oh, "Okay, there's a position open." Right, because Red Leader goes, R- "Red Five, where are you going?" Or whatever. I'm getting shot. Which is shit. which is unused shit from A New Hope that they're like, "Yeah, I think we could make this work in this movie." That was very cool. I thought that the footage kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Did you? Watching it the first time, the second time, like, why was I so critical of that? So it's it's funny how, like, certain things sit one way the first time versus the second time. I like this movie much better the second time because it wasn't sensory overload the second time. I could focus a little better. I wasn't nearly as critical of just the everything I was getting. I could really kind of digest things better um i would recommend i'm sure you guys will see it again because it it very much like and i think we would agree the force awakens is also better the second time right personally the force awakens gets worse every time i see it really because i just find more questions about where this whole thing's going oh quit questioning things well i mean isn't that part i mean but doesn't that speak to it's like part my, one my, of my, my fervent fandom. No, it's of this par- movie because I want I want more. I need answers to what's happening. That's do you not understand? That's episode eight. Like if they reveal all the answers in the first one, then we don't need sequels. They revealed all the answers in a New Hope. We didn't need a sequel, but we got them. Regardless, um, before we sign off tonight, uh, unnecessary uh, nods to fandom. Ponda Baba and Dr. Avazan. Didn't need that cameo. Yeah. Whatsoever. Especially recycling the line, right? Yeah, R2 and 3PO. Can we please get them out of the Didn't every need R2 movie? and 3PO. Like, didn't they didn't them. need to be in the prequels whatsoever. They didn't need to be in this. They could have been a buzz by. Like, they could have been getting on the the, the ship. We could have seen we were them. Taking... Like, yeah, they the, don't need to talk. The chopper <laughs> nod that none, yeah. of us, none of us picked up on. Right. Like, that could have been it. Maybe we, we see them in the background. It's a cool Easter egg. But they didn't need like their own you know two-second stop of the movie. I'm, I'm fine with uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. Um, Dr. Avazan and Pamda Baba, on the other hand, I liked that. I was like, oh, that's cool. But really unnecessary. Right. Really unnecessary. And what I've been trumpeting for the longest time is... Why are we seeing the same aliens over and over again? Do you feel like we didn't get some different ones this time? No, this was great. Because we didn't see any previous aliens in this movie. Yeah, except for the Mon Calamari. Yeah, we saw Mon Calamari. We got some different colored Mon Calamari. We got some some chocolate Mon Calamari. We got the deluxe deluxe assortment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mon Calamari. You know, we got the albino Mon Calamari. But for the most there's, part... We got the noir Mon Calamari. 
there's one of those sheets <laughs> that, that like they come over top of them that you flip over to see like what's we got what. The raspberry. Film. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got the almond mon calamari. But for the most part, we got brand new aliens. And like, I guess the alien that was with Saw Gerrera with like the mechanical bottom face and the, the creepy yeah. eyes. Kind of really scary. He one. was kind of neat like, looking. Reminded me of a sand person in it a wasn't, weird way. Well, what yeah. his lead, um, his lead like general that was um, going out and like getting people. What he was uh, like that was a recycled <coughs> alien, right? Or no? no you sure? I, like, I think he was I new. Like, I think he was yeah, new. I feel. I thought he was like a alien with like um, cybernetic pieces added to him. But I mean. Regardless, he was really fucking. Yeah, a uh, lot, lot of new stuff. No, no recycled stuff. I didn't see any uh, Sabalba yeah. aliens. I didn't see any. Fucking no burritos. Burritos. Yeah. Hey, yeah. real quick, you mentioned Saw Gerrera. I, I just wanted to point out. I really liked in the beginning of the movie all the references to Saw Gerrera, Saw, Saw Gerrera, like over and over again, and he's such an integral part of the story. It seemed. Kind of like the way that they talk about Jabba the Hutt a bunch of times before we see him. Um, I think the payoff kind of sucked. I think Saw Gerrera was lame as shit uh, once we actually saw him. And the way that he, quote, sacrificed himself at the end was kind of a joke. It felt to me like Forrest Whitaker had, something, gave up. had something better to do I wish before that, the movie was done being made. I think that there should have been some kind of like flashback to him defending Jin Erso or like something her maybe or something. something like that like some kind of like character building kind of thing where right you can see like they I feel like they did a great job of showing the rebellion and what it stood for and the lengths that it, the people would go to make the rebellion happen mm -hmm. where the most extreme of them all they didn't show anything that he did. Right. The, and I think that that was a failure of the movie. I think so, too. There was a lot of buildup that had essentially very little payoff. And that that's kind of unfortunate because I was pretty interested to see what Saw Guerrero was all about. But all he was about was sucking oxygen. I think, I think the myth of him is pretty cool, though, that there is yeah. like an extreme faction of the rebels. I yep. think that there's, there's somebody yeah, there's that's There's an more interesting in story about Sakurera that we never see. Right. Because we do see him in Rebels. And when the Clone you first, Wars, I think, right? Yeah, Clone Wars, right. In Clone Wars, you first meet him in Clone Wars and like he's leading, he's <laughs> leading his own band of rebels on one planet before they even realize there's a big, there's a, a bigger, you know, clone army out there to help them out like the jedis aren't available to help them out and the jedis send, you know the jedi send anakin and ahsoka to kind of muster this group of people to help defeat the battle droids and the separatists and what it comes down to is sagarera thinks he's the shit he thinks he's the guy but it turns out to be his sister that rises up and becomes the leader and he's kind of resentful but still supportive she dies, and then he kind of accidentally takes over and, and starts to lead. And there's a real story there but from the beginning where he's very selfish and self-centered and wants for himself to, to lead this band to then raising, to then getting to the point where he kind of raises Generoso and he takes it upon himself 
to raise somebody else and be responsible for another person, along with a, 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 a larger group of rebels. And I think that could be a cool story, but you don't really get it. And then by the end, like all that stuff that's been built up from what you learn in Clone Wars and from what you the pieces you put together from then and now, and then at the end he's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just well, gonna get. I'm just gonna get wasted by this I, nuclear cloud. I know that you sit there and you say like, all oh, the stories have been fucking told that have ever been important <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Well, I think that Rogue One proves that there are important stories. This was one, and I think there are more important stories that lead into the greater narrative of the saga. And I think Sagarera's story in what you know, like. Film like on the silver screen, like what he did and what led him to be an extremist could really be something that they could mine. Like I would go see that fucking movie. Yeah, and there, there's interesting stories to be had. I don't think the Han Solo story is one of them. Mm, I feel God like the character of, of Han Solo lives and dies. I in feel the like we're going to be trilogy. I think that you and I, Paul, are going to be proved wrong. After hearing, yeah, like I think we're gonna like Han Solo. I really do. <laughs> I, that timestamp it, whatever well, we were episode. Passionate about this. this I think you're going to. Our I think you're gonna like it. What I like about the Rogue um, One but, story is that these guys live, they die in one timeline, and and that's it. Like we don't know who they are after this. We don't know who they were before this. Like it's not. We're not building on Luke Skywalker. We're not following the story. Of Han Solo, we have no preconceived notions of who these characters are. So they can do whatever. Yeah, but they can do whatever they want to do with these characters, Uh, and it's fine because we have no preconceived notions. It's not like in A New Hope, someone's like, "Well, Jen Erso's leading this faction of the Alliance as a general now." Like we don't know, so they can do whatever they want to do with those characters, and it's fine. But when you get to Han Solo, everyone has preconceived notions of who this guy is before and after we see him in the original trilogy. I could tell, so I could the be Han wrong. Solo movie is rolling much more dangerous dice than Rogue One is. And since everyone's stroking Rogue, Rogue One's dicks now, that makes the creators good of the movie. Han Solo movie much more difficult. Right, it does. It doesn't make it impossible. But for, for some people it does. But I think it's still an achievable goal. Matt? Uh, It's an achievable goal to make it a good movie, Um, but I would agree, Paul, that it's even trickier uh, to do it for this than it is Rogue One. Um, I I still stand by the fact that out of all the Star Wars movies that they've announced, this is the one that I'm the least excited about. I think it's the least necessary. I'm the most apprehensive about it. No, Rogue One, Han Solo. It was going to be a Boba Fett movie, and then Josh Trank was um, Josh Trank, so that didn't happen. It was originally going to be Rogue One, Boba Fett, Han Solo, but Han Solo got moved up. Boba Fett got axed, at least for now, and that's I really where don't we need stand. a fucking Boba Fett movie. Put I put him really put him in Han Especially Solo. Since all that young Boba shit is canon. <clears throat> make get him dad do your young Han Solo movie and make Boba Fett basically the bad guy in it let's see the history you know just do that anyway um, 
why don't we wrap up with some final scores? Um, you're. I think you're the most controversial, Matt. So you'll you'll go last. Okay. Paul, what's your score? I'm gonna give it a seven. I I, I really liked it. I liked a, a lot about it. I, I wish we would get a chance to see more from this core of characters. Uh, I like the majority of the fan service callbacks, the little Easter eggs. Um, it was cool. I, I really liked it. I, I felt like uh, Krennic was just the right amount of one-note villain that we needed <coughs> to see in this. Uh, yeah, seven. Very- seven seems low for the review that you seem to give it. That doesn't uh, seem to align with your score. I can't give it an eight, though. I can't. Um, uh, your your score doesn't seem to align with like the last two hours. I feel like seven's pretty good. Seven's seven's, seven's like good. what we a, what we tag most like comic book movies. Yeah, that's, it's like yeah, that's, that's a seven. That's bold man. Like um, like you Amazing wanna... Spider Man too gets a six. Right. right. You're, 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 who says Amazing? Uh, we by the know. general we, by Spider-Man. by the fucking, you I know. You Spider-Man two. Sorry. No, Spider-Man two is a ten. Oh, okay. Is it because I don't think we've ever ranked anything ever a ten besides Empire Strikes back. back. But I mean, you can go on record Spider-Man, as doing that. Spider-Man two is really, it's good. really good. But, okay, go ahead. So Paul, Maybe amazing. So like, Paul says like those that. Are, those are ra- that's rare air. Whatever you want to do, man. Whatever you want to do. Like if, Whatever if you Empire do, Strikes player. Back is a 10 and Return of the Jedi is a 9, like do I it. can't do just do whatever you, Rogue One. Do whatever feels right. Do it. Yeah. You're very interrupty right fucking, now, Ian. Fucking 7. I give Rogue One a 7. It's good. It's Super really, low. It was re- uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, but I, I can't give it an 8. I can't sleep tonight if I give it an 8. I, w- I would be remiss if I didn't give Rogue One a nine. Oh! <laughs> Holy shit! I loved it. I loved Rogue it. One, the dark world! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, smash me forever. But I, I really loved everything that Rogue One gave me. I loved the nostalgia elements. I loved the new stuff that it gave Did me. Did you love Malekith and the dark matter? Uh, one, once again, it was the first time that we ever ranked anything. So, you know, you can go back in the archives. McSaw's podcast. Christopher Eccleston was great. Um, yeah, man. I, I, everything that I ever rank is going to be, like, tainted with the, the, with the scourge of Thor the Dark World. I, I feel like nine's but nine's a little high no, for Rogue no, One. I I, you, I don't I don't I'll think let you so. Give it an eight. Well, since I'm giving the rating myself, I think that I will give my rating a nine, and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do—a six or a five or whatever you gave it, whatever low ass ranking you gave it. You fought all all podcasts, and you're like. Eh. I don't know. A four. I don't know. Teeny tiny ranking. Five is not the middle ground in our ratings, though. I, I, well, no, like six really is the middle ground. Like six is like, eh, and seven's one step up. Like, eh, kind of, kind of entertaining. Yeah, I feel like we give the, like, so many mediocre, same, samey, same comic book movie sevens. Like, I feel like we gave... Avengers 2 a 7. Like, this is what I'm doing. This movie was the best movie 
this year. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. This was the best movie that I watched this year. I'm giving it a nine. I don't care how much <laughs> you disagree with it. Like, it was great. I loved it. I feel like I will love it the next time I see it. I've, I, the things that I liked about it aren't going to change. The moment, like, just straight up for the Vader moment. In the, in the final seconds, whenever Vader comes out and becomes the cinematic villain that we all know that we, it, since our childhood, have been told, like, this dude fucks up this galaxy. And we saw that dude in full force for a minute and a half. Like, yeah, that fucking guy. I'm going to his house. Like, for that, nine. Matt? Um, okay, so I was pretty critical of this movie. If you, <laughs> we listened. If, if you if you heard what I said, but I'm critical. I'm especially critical because it's Star Wars, so it it is held to a higher standard. So that will you know um, affect the overall grade. Uh, with that said, I still do have to compare it to other reviews that I you know scores that I give. So if I'm giving you know, Doctor Strange, a, a seven. I'm certainly not going to give this a seven because this is better than Doctor Strange. So I can't, I can't give it a nine either because, you know, that's in rarefied company like Return of the Jedi, The Phantom Menace, and so, so forth and so on. Uh, so I think... Citizen Kane. All right. So I think I can comfortably give it uh, an eight. It's like, you know, it's like a lower. We don't eight. do that. Stop it. But yeah, um, it, it's probably, it, it was going to be a seven, but, and I, I just, I don't think that's fair. I think that this is an eight. What is this your favorite movie of this year? Um, yeah, in, in spite of the fact that there were a number of things that, I had slight issues. Well, slight it, issues that 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 accumulated. If this wasn't a Star Wars movie, this would still be my favorite movie of this year. Yeah, and that's how I'm grading this. Yeah, that ending, like, like that end battle and everything, was so good. Like, think about like the end battle. You probably didn't even see it, but in um, Independence Day two, nonsense. It was Paul. It was garbage. And then you have something like this. This is how like you do a movie right, for the most part. And then everything else, just it, it's just in a different league. It's not in the same league as Star Wars. Star Wars just kind of does it better. It plays by its own rules, which is great. I really felt that this was expert filmmaking. I really did. Like you should see I Godzilla had, if you, you like this you know movie what? so I, much. Ian I borrowed it today from a, a good friend of the podcast. So he put it in my mailbox. So I'm going to watch Godzilla. I hope you like it. Anyway, so there you go. Seven, nine, eight. That that gives us an average of eight. I'm totally comfortable with that. I I always think back to when we rated uh, Guardians of the Galaxy really low. We gave it like sevens or sixes <laughs> or something like that. And I feel like that was our consensus 
favorite movie of 2013 or 14 or whatever year that was. And I always look back at that film and we rate it. We not only did we rate it low, but we beat the shit out of it on this podcast. I thought it was unfair. It always rings back to me as something that we treated poorly, even though we loved it in the moment and it still held up afterwards. I feel like this is a similar kind of film. Even like I, I like this movie even more than I like guardians in the moment. And, um, I want to do justice by it. So I'm going to go with my heart and take on the criticism that, uh, is no accompanied criticism. by we're a oh no no unit no here. criticism no criticism. no criticism like the uh like the rating we're a that follows of me around for the rest of my life no no, no. except but, for that um, Thor the Dark World nonsense I feel like we're we we here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast are not only shy to rain praise on things but also shy to give high praise and I think that we should be more open to giving praise to things that we really like. And I really like this. And that's, if you guys liked it, whatever, I really liked it. Matt, what do you think about that? Do you think we're we're uh, too hard on giving praise? Uh, no, not really. Uh, do you I, think we should hype up our numbers? No, Be I think... Be a little more positive? This is, this is all for me. This is for what I think that I personally want to do. But you just said the McSauce comic book podcast. That's all of us. That's not just right, you. right, right, right. You just said we all, we all rate things low. We all need to be more positive. So right, maybe Matt, so I'm asking I can, Matt if he agrees with you that let me let me rewind that. Be, I can only you can, said it already. No, Let's no, talk no, to Matt. Let me rewind what I said. Matt, do you? Think I can you only control what I say right. on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Backpedal, 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 Matt. But I think that we all do rate things low. Matt, but I can only control what I say. Or you're justly. Say that again. Do you think we rate low or justly? I, I think justly for the most part. I mean, I, I look. I think every rating I give is just. Um, so, I think your Rogue One review rating is a little low based on everything that you said leading up to it. But generally, I think we're pretty much on the money. Like for example, I. So what do you think? How do you think that I rate things high? No, I th- I think because we're always usually within one or two points of each other. I would say like there's not a whole lot. It's a it's a, a fucking carousel scale between the three of us. I mean we're all up and carousel down. goes all the time. It's not like that. That's a roller coaster. It's not a roller coaster because it's it's cyclical and it's the way carousel carousel horses. only goes in one way. Right. But they all move up and down. So while we're all well, those benches and there's those really circular, shitty horses that don't actually. Up and down. On How about a salt and pepper shaker? <laughs> You're fucking up this metaphor. So, um, so like I gave I gave Stranger Things a ten. I mean, did like, you I'll, really, you fucking maniac? Hey, stand everybody by out there, beat Matt up about ten for Stranger Things. Hey, I stand by Fuck. that. I, I look. Months later, I don't say, well, you know, that was the first show I ever rated, yeah, so I didn't know. <laughs> because people don't fucking get up your ass about it. Because it was a oh, 10. It was, it was justly, so good. It was justly rated. It was right. justly because rated. Because Matt says that, and we're like, yeah, Stranger Things is pretty good. But you say that about Thor of the Dark World. <laughs> I can't. Everybody, even the, even the guys that made it are like, that fucking God damn, I can't wait till Ragnarok comes <laughs> out. 
And we all go to see it. I'm like, fucking damn. Can I just say something real quick? There was a movie preview uh, that started, and I thought it was the preview for Ragnarok at first, but it ended up being the fucking Transformers movie. Uh, I wanted to vomit in my popcorn because I was like, it's fucking Ragnarok. See the dragon fly? I hear Anthony Hopkins, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't. What a letdown. Marky Mark with his fucking Tom Cruise haircut. Give me a break. And then we went right into Tom Cruise with his Tom Cruise haircut. Oh, mommy. Oh, my God. Please give me a break. Oh, Ian, are you blind? On that note. I think I think the mummy's going to be the blade of the universal cinematic universe. You think it's going to kick it off and then there's going to be good ones after it? Yeah. Well, no, they had a false start with uh, Dracula Untold. It's like, don't tell anybody. Yeah, I think think the mummy is going to be mediocre. I think it's going to be okay. Not saying Blade was mediocre because Blade's really good, but I think the mummy is going to fly under the radar. It's going to be better than people think it is, but then by the time they kick it into Frankenstein and Dracula, people are going to be like, oh, it's kind of good. They're even gonna have to do even like, if it's cult classic good like that, all that underworld bullshit. I can't believe they're making more underworld movies. First one was good. I get it. We're done. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. And I'm Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. <laughs>